Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Well, everyone, I'm excited. Today is our last message in the Influencer Series. Now, it's not the end of us being influencers. We're going to keep on being influential in the midst of whatever we're walking through. But today is the end of this collection of messages. All month long, we've been talking about what it is to be an influencer. You see, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And then he said, you know, moments later, you're the light of the world. He's calling you and I to be like him in this dark world, to to shine his light. Not that we have to produce it from within ourselves, but that we can reflect the light we see in him. That as we look to Jesus, we look more like Jesus. In First Peter, he words it this way in First Peter chapter 3, in verse 15. He says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. How often are you being asked that question? Where do you get your hope? I hope it's a question that you and I get asked a lot. I hope it's a lifestyle that we're living in such a way that the people in our life say, you're just like a little different. I'd be stressed in what you're walking through and that you're walking through this well. I'd be, you know, indignant and let you, that you're walking through this with grace, that the hope that we have would become the platform for our opportunity to be influencers for Jesus in our world, in our sphere of influence. You know, we've been playing off that saying that you might hear from an influencer online. So a lot of you have been asking, and the truth is, I hope that can be our confession more and more frequently, that a lot of you have been asking where my hope comes from. Let me, on the platform of that question, give you an answer. The answer is Jesus. It's not that I just try harder. It's not just that, that I know more. It's not that, that I have more effort. It's simply that Jesus, by his grace, has done an incredible work in my life. Today, I thought maybe the greatest way to, to cap off this series, as we've looked at different influencers like the woman at the well and different people who have been healed, you can go back and, and listen to those messages on our podcast. But today, I thought one of the greatest ways we could end this series is talking about uh, an influencer of influencers. His name was Paul. The Apostle Paul, he had spent his life and invested his energy and his education in being a persecutor of Christians. He actually made it his, his chief goal, his, his main, uh, you know, effort in life was to track down people who believed in Jesus, to make life difficult for them, even to the point of death. He, he went on to say, like, if you, you want to know what zeal looks like, I had zeal. I chased down and, and fought with and killed Christians to show how hardcore I was. Well, you can look in the book of Acts and see there was a trip that Paul was on. He was on his way to a place called Damascus, and on the way, Jesus stopped him in his tracks. It says a bright light shone from heaven, and Jesus began to speak to him. He said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? I'm Jesus. I'm the one you're persecuting. And in a moment, God stopped him in his tracks and actually rerouted his life. And from that point on, and from that point forward, instead of being a persecutor of Christians, he became the, the evangelist, the, the missionary to the known world, the, the, the writer of much of the New Testament, and the Apostle Paul, he's quoted for his relationship he had with Jesus. He became an influencer in that one moment. Now, his influence, it actually 
in the first few years wasn't that significant. In fact, because of his reputation, his influence was not that great with many Christians. But over time, he had opportunity. He was faithful with little things. Little things grew into bigger things. And he ended up traveling throughout the Mediterranean region. The whole book of Acts really is about the story of the gospel going forward through influencers like Paul. Now, specifically, I was thinking of Paul this week because in our hubs, we actually launched a new series in the book of Philippians. Uh, Barbara talked about it, that if you haven't been in a hub before, you got to get into a hub. We're studying through this book of Philippians. And in that book, Paul begins his letter to a group of people in, in a place called Philippi. And he makes a statement and, and we talked about it in Hub and then I just can't shake it. So I thought today would be a great day to look at it just a little bit deeper. Philippians chapter 1. Paul says this uh, in verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the very first day until now. And I'm confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Today, let me talk to you on the simple topic of your reach. If you're taking notes, just write the word reach on the top of your page. That's the title for the message today. This term reach, it's a influencer's term. You know, a person who might have the opportunity to be a spokesperson for a brand or to use their platform, their social media, you know, following in order to kind of point toward a cause. One of the terms that would be relevant would be what is their reach? Like how many people follow them? And how many people engage with the things that they post or the, the videos that they put on? I, I, man, I've been seeing lots of people in this time of isolation. They, they've, they've switched their energy to TikTok. Now I need some help from someone out there. I just don't get the TikTok thing, you know? I don't, I don't know. And it, it is traveling around, but the, the question is, what is someone's reach? Like, like how many people are actually in their sphere of influence and how are they reaching the people within their reach? Today, I really want you to know this, that I believe whatever your reach is today, God actually wants you to engage with your reach, and I believe he wants to grow your reach. You say, well, I'm kind of working a job. In fact, that job is kind of unstable right now. I don't know if I have a job to go back to at the end of this pandemic. I'm like, I have this really small influence. Friend, whatever your reach is, engage with your reach, and I believe God would grow it. In fact, that's a principle you see throughout Scripture, that if we can be faithful with little things, God entrusts us with bigger things. That's what happened for Paul. One of Paul's first jobs was, we need you to take a message. Can you take a message on our behalf from one city to another city? And Paul said, I'd happily take that small message. It turns out that he ended up being someone who took a message, not only you know from another person, but a message on God's behalf to whole people groups and whole continents. In fact, this book to the church of Philippi, that was a new continent. Paul was on a, on a missionary journey and he was on his way into what is now the region of Turkey, the, the nation of Turkey. You can find this story in Acts chapter 16 where I want you to turn right now because this story in, in Philippians is, is linked to Paul's first meeting them. 
You see, in Acts chapter 16, he was on his way to Turkey, convinced that the message he had would be, uh, you know, would be persuasive and would be helpful and encouraging to people in the small towns in the region of western Turkey. And uh, in Acts chapter 16, as Paul is on his way, there's this interesting account. It says uh, it, this in verse 3 of Acts chapter 16. Paul wanted to take, uh, uh, or sorry, he took uh, someone named Silas along in his journey. Go down to verse 4. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. So the church was strengthened and the faith grew daily in their numbers. Verse 6, it says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia. I don't know if you have any trips planned. I know for some of us, we've had to cancel some trips because of, of you know, isolation around travel. But I don't know if anyone had a, a planned trip to Phrygia. Paul sure did. And it says this, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in that whole region of Asia, he then came to the border of Mysia. He tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus just would not allow him. And so he passed by Mysia, and he went to a place called Troas. All this to say, Paul had significant travel delays. You ever been frustrated in a rerouted plan? Like the best laid plans just don't always work out very well. For someone, you had a spring break plan that just didn't work well. You know, in fact, this this Sunday, I was supposed to be in in uh, the city of Naples in Italy and partnering with a church planter there. Like, imagine that. A month ago, that was the plan, and now everything has changed. Changed plans can be a little bit frustrating. Changed plans and, and the rerouting that comes with them, you can feel as though it's like a dead end. Here was Paul. He's like, I'm on a mission for God. I'm trying to do the right things for God. Uh, I feel like I have a message that matters. In fact, everywhere I share it, people are encouraged. And now I'm trying to go to Bithynia, I'm trying to go to Galatia, I'm trying to go to Phrygia, it just won't work. For some reason, God was stopping him. Now interestingly, the, the region he was trying to get to is a, is a place where there's a city called Ephesus. Now if you, if you cheat along a little bit ahead, a little spoiler alert, Paul goes to Ephesus, great things happen in Ephesus, there's a whole book called the book of Ephesians that happens in Ephesus. God wasn't saying no, he was just saying not now. And for, for some of you right now, maybe you feel like in your life you've hit a dead end. I really believe God's not necessarily saying no just because it's not working out. He's just saying not now. In fact, in the midst of that not now, some great things happen. Paul, when he comes to Troas, the, he, it says this, During the, the night, Paul had a vision from a man in Macedonia who was standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once and we left for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Two really interesting things happen here. First of all, Paul had the desire for something small. God just had something way bigger in mind. Paul was thinking about going to a city and God was actually calling him to a continent because the, you know, Macedonia was the first place that the gospel was brought to the, the continent of Europe. Here, God was calling Paul to something so much bigger than Paul thought he was being called to. Could that, could that be your story right now? You feel like I had a path and I thought it was perfect and I had a, the best laid plan and, and it's just not working. Maybe in God saying not yet, he's actually calling you to something bigger right now. Not only was he, he calling Paul to something bigger, but it was also in Troas that Paul met Luke. And Luke is the writer not only of the Gospel of Luke, but this book of Acts. In fact, Luke wrote more of the New Testament than any other person. And Paul met him in Troas. It could be that in your delay, 
in the midst of you wanting to be where you just can't seem to get right now, that God is actually expanding your reach. For Paul, he was expanding his reach to a whole continent and deepening his reach in a friendship with someone called Luke. Prior to this, Luke references everything Paul did as him and they. After this moment, it's, he says, and then we went together to that region. I, I just find encouragement in that, that, that when my plans don't work out the way that they feel like they're supposed to, God's still in control. He actually might be looking to expand my reach. He actually might be looking to deepen my relationships. And that could be your story as well. Well, here's what happened. Paul gets, I feel like it's story time with Pastor Justin right now. Paul gets to, to, to Philippi. The Bible says he, he got in a ship and they went across and it, it only took two days. They went straight across. It's like they had the wind at their back. You're going to feel that. When you're living in God's grace, you're going to feel that sense of like, man, there's just a wind at my back. The things I try to do are working. And oh, what a good feeling it is when the things you've been trying to do aren't working. So Paul, he, he gets to this city called Philippi. And in the city called Philippi, check, check out what it says here. Paul comes into that city. He's convinced that he's called to be an influencer. He's called to bring a message. And so in verse 13, it says this, On the Sabbath, we went outside the city uh, gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and we began to speak to the woman, the women who had gathered there. One of them listening was a woman from Thyatira named Lydia. She was a dealer in purple cloth, a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And then uh, when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. She said, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. And so she persuaded us. Here's what happened. See, see, Paul, he, he, there was no church to preach in. There was no synagogue in that area. And, and history would say that means there were fewer than 10 God-fearing men in that city. If there were 10 or more, they would have built a synagogue. Any fewer than 10, they didn't qualify to have a, a place to worship God. So in that city, there was literally no presence of the gospel. And so Paul just did what he normally would do. He found a few people who might be praying, and he began to talk about Jesus. Let, let me give you two thoughts today. Number one, how do you grow your organic reach? How do you grow just the reach of your life? Just the, the simple reach of you being who you are. Very simple. Be who you are wherever you be. Just be you wherever you be. Paul, he goes, I'm, I'm here in Philippi. I don't see anybody who, who thinks the way I do, who acts the way I do. And so he found a few people who were praying and he was just himself. And, and that incarnational way of living actually softly opened the heart of this woman named Lydia. She was a significant businesswoman and she actually, you know, had the first home church in her city. Isn't that amazing that, that, that the first convert to Jesus in the whole continent of Europe was this woman named Lydia. And Paul influenced her life simply by being who he was. Wherever you are right now, just be you wherever you be at your workplace at, at, I was going to say at your gym, but you can't go to a gym right now. It might simply be just in your online presence. Just be you wherever you be. And God can actually use that to grow the organic reach of your life. The amazing thing is it didn't just affect Lydia's life, but her whole household. Everyone in her sphere of influence was influenced by Paul. Man, he was an influencer of influencers. And I believe the same is true for your life. If you'd simply be you wherever you be. And that's not the only story that happened in Philippi. 
You see, later on in that region, there, Paul was, was with his friends and, and their influence was beginning to grow a little bit. And there was this woman who was demonized. And, and her demonized state was this. She would follow Paul around and say, these men are servants of the Most High God. These men are servants of the Most High God. And it said she just continued to say that. And one day Paul was so annoyed that he cast the devil out of her. Now, hold up. I hope that when I'm really annoyed, what comes out of me is, is like that type of, of godliness. Sometimes when I'm annoyed, that's not what it sounds like. But for Paul, just the nature of his relationship with God was this, that in his annoyance, he's like, oh my goodness, I'm so frustrated. I need to pray for her freedom right now. Wouldn't that be amazing if the people who frustrated you, you simply just began to pray for instead of try to retaliate towards. So Paul prays for her and she's set free and, and she's no longer demonized. But the people who had been using that gift so that she could tell fortune, they, they would profit off her gift. They were so frustrated that they, Paul, they took Paul before the magistrate of the city and they said, this guy right here, man, he's no good. As soon as they came here, they, they're preaching crazy things. They don't believe in Roman customs. And so here's how Paul day began to play out. It wasn't fair, but here's how it played out. It says this, uh, uh, verse 22, it says, the crowd joined in attacking both Paul and Silas. The magistrate ordered them to be stripped and then beaten with sticks. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and he fastened their feet to the stocks. I, I just got to say, that is a bad day. I don't know if you've ever got home and maybe your, your, your spouse or your roommate or someone says, how's your day? You're like, oh, it's terrible. And, and like, why? Well, I got a parking ticket or, oh man, I spilled my coffee or, oh, I just didn't get the credit I thought I deserved. Here's Paul's bad day. Yeah, I got like dragged in front of like the city, stripped naked, beaten with sticks, put in a, a jail cell and, uh, and, and put in, in stocks, like hands and feet locked down. That's a bad day. Now, now here's the thing. I don't want us to simply be people who grow our organic reach. Here's the other part. I, I believe there's a way that you and I can also grow what is called our paid reach. We all have an organic reach that's simply just like be who you are wherever you are. Just be you wherever you be. But there's also a paid reach. A paid reach, a sacrifice has to be made to grow your paid reach. Here's Paul in an unjust time when it's totally not fair, put through a severe disappointment, pain, and injustice. So what do he and Silas do while they're in the midst of that type of a situation? Well, the Bible says they began to praise. I want to encourage you, if you want to grow the paid reach of your life, if you want to see your influence grow, it's going to come at a cost. And that cost is this. You need to praise through your pain. You need to praise through the painful situation you're in right now. For Paul, there in the jail cell, they began to praise and worship. And the Bible says this, that, that the place where they were began to shake. There was an earthquake that was sent by God that didn't just set them free, but set the whole jail free. And now, now hear this. If you and I can learn to praise through our pain, it's not just for our freedom. It actually is for the freedom of the people around us. It's the, for the freedom of those in our sphere of influence. They are set free. And my goodness, it must have been so much rejoicing for everyone except for one person, the jailer. 
Because the jailer, in that custom in time, the jailer would actually be responsible uh, for the, the lives of those that, that escaped under his watch. In fact, the jailer would be punishable with the same punishment that would have been theirs. The jailer in this moment, he's terrified. He was told to keep them and, and he was about to lose it. And so he actually has this suicidal moment where he's about to run himself through with his sword. He's done. And Paul and Silas, instead of just running, instead of going, God has saved us from this discomfort. He must have wanted us to be comfortable. They understand that the the earthquake was not about their freedom. It was a divine moment for this jailer. They run to the jailer and say, hey, don't, don't hurt yourself. Don't kill yourself. We're not going anywhere. Like, like we don't want you to be stuck with something that, that we're stuck with. We're not going anywhere on your behalf. In that moment, his heart has changed. He said, what do I need to do to have the life that you have? Isn't that amazing? That his heart goes from suicidal angst and fear to total transformation. And Paul says this, you simply need to believe in Jesus. Guess what happens? That night, the jailer gives his heart to Jesus. Not only he, but his whole household. Does that sound familiar? Isn't that amazing that that Paul's organic reach grows? Lydia and her whole family are saved. And then his paid reach grows when he's praising through his pain. And the jailer and his whole family are also saved. The Bible says they go to their house. They share food together. The jailer washes their wounds. Like he would have been the one who created the wounds. What transformation took place because of their willingness to praise? The next morning is they, they returned to the jail. Did you catch that? They returned to their discomfort. I'm just telling you right now, you might think that just being comfortable has to be God's greatest gift for you. But the truth is, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in his timing and in his way. That day, they were released from prison. They were actually brought out in front of the whole city. You can read it for yourself because of their Roman citizenship. That What had happened to them was totally unjust. The amazing thing is that they didn't just say, we want justice in the moment, but they understood that, that the, the salvation of the jailer was actually more important than them experiencing justice in that moment. These two lives totally changed. Lydia, whose heart was warmly softened by Paul just being who he was, and a jailer whose heart was like incredibly confronted by the power of God. One changed by truth and one changed by power. One was the growth of organic reach. The other, this growth of paid reach, a willingness to pay the price. And so when Paul's writing to the Philippians, he's writing to people like Lydia, people like the jailer. He goes, I'm always so filled with joy because when I think of you, I remember that from the very first day you partnered together with me. The influence that I had in your life actually spilled over into your families. And I believe that he who started a good work in you will be faithful to bring that work to completion. Wherever you're watching this from today, I, w- I want you to hear this, that there's a good work that started in your life. Maybe it started just this morning. Maybe it's starting just in this moment. Perhaps it's been a month or a year and you've, you've just begun this relationship with Jesus. He who started this work is going to do incredible things. He's going to grow your reach. Maybe you're here today and like Lydia, you feel like your heart is being warmed to the gospel. Or maybe like the jailer, there's some big thing that's taken place in your life. And because of that big moment, you've come to this conclusion, I need a change. Whatever that is, I want to pray with you right now. If your heart is being warmed to God, you can actually just reach out and receive him, even in a moment like this. If you have this incredible confrontation happening, you can actually, in a moment like this, simply put your trust in Jesus 
and be saved. If that's you today, I want to pray with you. And as I do, I want to encourage you in, in the chat section that's happening right on this page. You can just indicate by, by raising your hand, say, that's me today. I'm praying this prayer because I want to receive Jesus. I want God to begin that work in me. I want that, that little work to begin and turn into something big. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.